Pranks are my love language. One of the biggest misconceptions out there is that me and men don't get along. That's not true. I consider it pranking my friends. That's what friends do. They prank each other. That's how you know your buddies. The TV is my Swiss Army knife for pulling off a prank, okay? There are great things that you can do with the TV. My number one favorite is hide the remote. If I can make sure that the remote is missing when homeboy sits down to watch TV, that is great entertainment for me. A classic thing to do with the TV, Thursday night, game six, NBA playoffs. Uh-oh, it's the Bachelor season finale. Man and woman want to watch one of them. Hate to break it to you, man. You're going to see who gets that final rose. If I can involve the whole family in on a prank, that's great. The kids, they have all these toys. Have you seen toys these days? They're awesome, so I'm not going to sit back and watch from the sidelines, I'm going to play with these toys, okay? And I might get so into it that I just leave them sitting out at the top of the stairs. Uh-oh, sorry. Every man loves to open his grill and throw a good piece of steak on there. But when they're done grilling, I like to make something happen. You know, they got to rush away from that and they don't shut it down right. And then the real knee slapper happens the next time they go out to start the grill up and there's no gas. There's no cookout. It's an almost cookout and that's my favorite kind. Well, good morning. Glad you guys are here today. Um, and I want to just start by saying thank you. Uh, thank you for praying for me and uh, Laura, our family, and for my mom. It has um, just been an insane couple of weeks. I am hyped up on adrenaline and the Holy Spirit. So I don't know which one of those are going to come out, but uh, I mean, it's just uh, been crazy. I've so bad that I sometimes don't even know what day of the week it has been. Uh, but I want to let you know, Lars, uh, getting stronger, and my mom's doing great, and I'll have more on that here in just a minute. But if you are new, um, thanks for coming. I'm just really glad that you came. As Jen mentioned, after the service, I'm going to be back in the next step room. I, I would love to meet you, or if you brought somebody with you, please bring them back there. Let me meet them. I would love to say hi. And if you have any questions, by the way, about what I speak about today, I mean, we're going to be talking about some crazy stuff. And it's going to raise a lot of questions, and I want to be able to help you with that. And so if I can be of any help to you right after the service, I'll be in the next step room. We are starting a brand new series today called The Devil, Demons, and the Boogeyman, one of my uh, favorite series titles of all time. I'm really excited about this series because uh, this series is really going to be about, you know, who is the devil? And what's he up to, and, and how do we battle against him? What does that all look like. And so I, I want to start today in 1 Peter. So if you have a Bible, let's go to 1 Peter. And this is in the New Testament, so it's almost near the back of your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we give them away for free. So after the service, just come down here to the front. We'll get you one or come back to the next step room. I'll make sure you get one back there as well. Um, also use your mobile device. If you don't have a Bible there, go to corechurch.com. You can download a Bible there. I read out of the New Living Translation, so if you're on a mobile device, look for the NLT. Otherwise, it won't, might not look or make sense to you. But we're going to be in First Peter. So Peter, if you don't know, if you're new to church and you don't know much about Scripture or the Bible, Peter was the guy who started the church. Uh, Jesus commissioned him and said, you're going to lead my church. And today, which is Pentecost Sunday, Jen was talking about that at the beginning of the service. Today is the birthday of the church. Happy birthday to the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Happy birthday, church. Wow, that was not what I was expecting. Happy birthday to the church. Can we say happy birthday to the church? 
Like this is the day when Jesus, he ascended to heaven. They waited 40 days and then the Holy Spirit showed up on the scene and it just went bonkers, man. 3,000 people, over 3,000 people baptized in one day. Coming into the church, Peter preached his very first sermon ever on this day over 2,000 years ago. And Peter was the guy who did that. And so this is his letter, 1 Peter, and we're going to be in chapter 5. Would you stand? Let's uh, give honor to God's word here this morning. 1 Peter chapter 5, and let's start in verse 8. Verse 8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. Let's pray together. So God, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is here. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago. Wow. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is still working and that he is present here in this service. And what we want to ask, God, is that you would just speak to us as only your Holy Spirit can do that. Church, let's just pray for one another right now. You don't have to do that out loud, but let's just pray for those in front of you, those behind you, might know, might not know them. So we'd be open to what God wants to say. Pray for your, your own spirit. To God, man, would you speak to me? Would your spirit speak to my spirit? I want to hear from you today. And just pray for me as your pastor. I've just admittedly a little scattered and it's been a little crazy. Um, and, uh, but I just want the Holy Spirit to have his way today and he, he speak over us today. So if you're ready to hear from the Lord, give me a big amen. amen. You may be seated. Okay, so if you have not um, heard... The last uh, month or so for me has just uh, been upside down, uh, just crazy. Uh, a little over a month ago, Laura went into the doctor and got a surprise, uh, you have a mass. And we didn't know if it was cancerous. Praise God, it turned out to not be. Uh, but for a period of about two to three weeks in there, something like that, I don't remember now, it's blur, but uh, we didn't know. And so we were living in that, some of you lived in that vein before where you're not sure what's happening, what's going on. And... And so she went in, she actually had to have emergency surgery. She was bedridden for about a week and a half, was in such severe pain, they just rushed her and did emergency surgery, and she gave birth to a football. I mean, it was, it's okay, you can laugh. It's, I mean, it was just massive. Uh, I named it Lucifer. Uh, we called her Lucy for short. And I was like, oh, look at baby Lucy. Laura didn't think it was funny either. I thought it was <laughs> awesome. Uh, but, man, you're a tight crowd today. Good, all right, this is awesome, okay. So, and, and so she... Uh, went in for emergency surgery on a Friday. At that same time, um, I was talking to my mom on the phone. She sounded a little strange, and come to find out, she had was, had a stroke. And so, when I was taking Laura to one hospital, I was taking my mom to another hospital, and they were both admitted at at the same time. And so, I lived literally lived at the hospital for five days, like slept there. Okay. Those of you that know me, that was insane. I, and I have become a caregiver for the last two weeks. Pray for me. Uh, because to be qualified to be a caregiver, there's two qualifications. You have to care and you have to be willing to give. And I'm not good at either one of those things. 
But God has a funny way of making you do those things. And so the last uh, few weeks, I, I've just been at her side because she's bedridden. And so I have had to take care of everything. But I just want to tell you, I am stinking amazing, okay? <laughs> I flat rocked it, people, for like three or four days. I was bringing it. I mean, I, um, I did laundry. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, here's the thing. I, I, I did some, some laundry. I did some, some cooking. I did some, some cleaning. I, I went to the store and did grocery shopping. And now, let me just explain this. Laura and I have been married for over 31 years, and we just have this agreement. She takes care of everything inside the house. I take care of everything outside the house. So it's outside, it's all on me. So if our yard or that looks terrible, if the things are coming off the house, that's on me. If the garage looks awful, it's on me. But on the inside, it's pretty much primarily hers. And so for three or four days, I was doing this. And so I was doing great. Like now, in full disclosure, when I was at the store, I did have to FaceTime her a couple times, which was a little bizarre. I love FaceTime because I was pulling out my phone and I'm like, is it the blue one or is it the green one? Which one do you want? And these women, man, women, you are wicked at the store. You, they were all going by me like, rookie. I was like, a little help here. She's bedridden. You can see it. You're staring at my phone. You see she's bedridden. But nobody was really wanting to help me with that. I mean, I, but I shopped. I, I cleaned. I, I did laundry. I made jello, people. I made jello. Come on, somebody. I made it jiggle and wiggle, okay? I mean, it was, I, I, I never, I've eaten Jell-O my whole life. How many of you have never made Jell-O? Raise your hand, okay? Yeah, don't judge me, okay? So I was really proud of myself. I was like, I made Jell-O and it worked. It's awesome. Laura's like, and it's really good too, honey. You're doing awesome. Hang in there. So this went on for like uh, three or four days, and I was doing really, really great, uh, but what I didn't anticipate and I didn't uh, think through was that laundry recreates itself. You guys knew that or not, but it does. It recreates itself. Uh, and um, I actually ran out of underwear, and I was like, I don't know what I want going to do. So I, this is true. This is the truth. I'm being honest. I'm on stage. I'm standing before God and his people. I went out and just bought new underwear. <laughs> this is easier. Just go buy some new underwear. And I was like... This is going to do that. And so, uh, and my, my kids, my kids, they want mom back, okay? And, and not because dad can't do it, but because I am the commander in chief, okay? I'm like, I ain't putting up with Jack, all right? So I'm, I've been like, hey, 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 whose rapper is that? Get over here now. Pick that, hey, 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 whose sock? Whose sock is it? Who left the pencil over here on the kitchen counter? Since when did we put pencils on the kitchen counter? Do pencils go on? The, they do not go on. They want mom back so bad. Okay? I mean, they just, just a little advice for you, parents. Inconvenience your children. It works awesome. It's one of the best parenting things you can do. You inconvenience them, they'll eventually start doing it. I've nicknamed them Hansel and Gretel. That's what I've nicknamed them because they leave a trail everywhere they go. They don't see it. I'm like, oh, yeah, you've been here, you've been here, you've been here, and then you were over here, and then you were here. I mean, I just, it's just been driving me crazy. I, I have such a respect for single parents. If you're a single parent, you are amazing. You are the real champion of our society. 
moms, dads, I don't know how you do it. I mean, you have to have God intervening and helping you because it is so difficult. And I, I don't know, maybe you feel like this a little bit in your life where things are a little out of control. Like you just get a little headway in something and then, and then you have a setback and then, you, then you, you make a little headway and then you have a, another setback and you can't seem to get caught up and it just it feels like, is this ever going to end? Like you get from one thing to another. It might be your marriage is going along great and then all of a sudden, boom, it just hits something really rocky and things are going great with your kids and then all of a sudden you're just in the valley with your kids or maybe it's health. It's, it's the health that you're going through or your, your finances. You just get just ahead with the bills. You're feeling really good about it and then, boom, you get slammed. Like I got the hospital bed, uh, bill. Oh, Jesus, help me now. Wow, that's how much that little football costs? That's crazy. And maybe you feel that way. You feel overwhelmed by life and how it's coming at you over and over again. And for those of you that are followers of Jesus, you're thinking to yourself, I thought when I came to Jesus, it was going to get a little easier. Like, I thought it was going to be smooth sailing. I thought it was going to be maybe effortless. What, What is going on? Well, I want us to look at Peter today. Peter is going to help us with this. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the next few weeks, about this battle that's taking place and an enemy that we have. And Peter tells us this. He says there's a spiritual battle going on, and, and there's, a, there's a real enemy. And he tells us to do two things. And I'd like for you to, to write this down. So you can put this in your phone, or you can write it down on the uh, program that you got. But I, I'd like for you to write this down because... This is what I want to talk about for the next few minutes. And, and just frankly, this is something that I, I have said over the course of especially the last two weeks. Because I made a joke about being a caregiver, but it's just not in my nature. I'm, I mean, I, I can get things done, and, and I absolutely love my wife. And in all honesty and sincerity, I've loved serving my wife and my family these past two weeks. It's been an honor and it's been a privilege because I have the most amazing wife on the planet. She is so giving. She's so caring. She's so nurturing. She's so humble. I mean, she just makes me look awful. And she's just amazing. And I've just, she's been down. She's not been able to do anything. And so it's been my honor to, to serve her and, and, and to, to help her. But at times it's been hard. I mean, it's just hard. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. I've, I've only been in that in just a short windows before, but never like this, where my mom went down, and then my mom went down, and, and then, oh, good grief, on top of that, my mom's cat dies. So this week, like, I'm in her backyard digging a grave, an illegal grave, in her backyard, <laughs> and I'm down on my knees, and I'm lowering this cat into the grave, and I'm like, could it get any worse? What else is going to go on, God? Wait, am I about to go down in that? Just put me in that, Mom. Just put some dirt over me. I was wore out. Just worn out. But this truth here from this passage of Scripture has really helped me, and I've just kind of said it over and over again, especially when I've gotten worn out, especially when I've been tired, when I, when I just feel like, man, I just I can't do another thing because I'm so tired. And here it is. I would like for you to write this down. Stay alert and stand firm. Stay alert and stand firm against the enemy. So I've said that over and over again. Stay alert, Brad. Stay alert. Stay alert. The enemy is coming. Stay alert. Stay alert. Stand firm. Stand firm in, in your, your faith against the enemy. This is what Peter tells us. Let's look at the scripture, First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. 
He says this, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. So, so he's saying we, we have an enemy. The devil is very real. And next week, we're going to talk about who he is and where he comes from and, and, and his whole background. We're going to talk about that a little bit next week. Now, growing up, when I, when I grew up, and I grew up in the church, so I've been in the church my whole life. And when I was a little boy, man, people would find the devil in everything. And they blame the devil for everything. And I mean, any, was anybody raised in the church? Like you're, anybody? Okay, so, I mean, this is like decades ago. Every, every, if you weren't in that era, man, you're just lucky. Because like, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he was telling me that his mom, every time she'd get a headache, she'd be like, oh, the devil. The devil is just on me, casting him out. Jesus' name, devil. He'd be like, no, mom, you just need to take some Tylenol. Like, really, seriously. Like, and I mean, people would be like, oh, the devil's in my engine block. My car's not running right. The devil, he's coming against me. No, you, you, you might want to just get your oil changed. I don't know. People would be like, I mean, they would. They'd just be like, oh, the devil is on me at work. He is just on me. Oh, and I'm just rebuking him everywhere I go. Well, yeah, here's an idea. You might want to be on time. Maybe he showed up on time. So they blame the devil for everything. But I think we've swung the pendulum clear the other direction. Now we don't blame the devil for anything. In fact, we, we underestimate his power and we underestimate his, his plans. Anybody a boxing or MMA fan? Boxing, MMA fans? There, there have been some big upsets over my lifetime when it comes to boxing and MMA. I, I remember being a little boy and, and one of the biggest upsets ever and one of the greatest champions ever was Muhammad Ali, the great Muhammad Ali. And then Muhammad Ali ran into this guy right here, Leon Spinks, and that right hook. And instantly he lost the championship. Nobody, this guy was a nobody. Leon Spinks was a nobody. Nobody knew who he was. And boom, suddenly the greatest champ in history went down. Then, then uh, about a decade later, Mike Tyson. Everybody remember the mighty Mike Tyson, okay? This guy, I mean, he was insane. This guy was, I mean, like literally insane. And he could just, he like killed people in the ring. And then he went over to Tokyo and he ran into this guy named James Busta Douglas, who knocked him out for the very first time. And then there's this lady right here, Ronda Rousey, yeah, who ran into uh, Holly Holmes left foot. <laughs> Down she went. Perhaps the greatest upset in boxing history was this one right here. Apollo Creed. <laughs> I, I didn't see it coming. I was like, what? Rocky Balboa out of nowhere just knocks him out. Just make, the, here's, here's what happened. All of these, these men and women is they underestimated their opponent. They underestimated their opponent. And, and I see that happening. This is what Peter is trying to warn us about in this scripture right here, is don't underestimate your opponent. We are in a fight. This world is at war. There is a spiritual battle that's taking place. And as a pastor, I see it time and time again. Good people, good people that love the Lord are taken out by a punch they never saw coming because they underestimated the enemy. This is why Peter tells us the devil is very real. It's why he says this, stay alert, 
watch out. And wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if, if Travis Meyer issued a, like, a watch and alert for the devil? Would that just not be awesome? Like you're watching TV and out of nowhere Travis Meyer comes up on your screen? I mean, you're great. All right, so uh, we have an attack coming in from the west at 45 miles per hour. It's expected to hit your marriage at about 8.15 tonight. <laughs> if you're in the path of this storm, seek shelter immediately. That would be awesome. But he doesn't work that way, does he? No, he's a lot more sly than that. In fact, Paul, the apostle Paul, who helped start churches all around the world, he wrote a letter to the Corinthian church, a church he helped start. And the second letter, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, we'll put this up on the screen so you can see it here. He says this, even Satan, let's say this together, what? Disguises himself as an angel of light. He disguises himself as an angel of light. And the, the problem, I think, for us in the church and even in society is that the devil has a stereotype. Horns, pitchfork, the tail, right? It's like Halloween. You know, the Halloween costume, that's the total deal. I remember being a little kid, and I couldn't dress as the devil because the devil's going to get on you. Don't dress as the devil. Do not do that. You're going to get on you. I'm like, Mom, it's a cool costume. No siree. I, I, I remember being about 10 years old, and my mom said I couldn't be the devil. So I went, this is true, you can ask her. I went into her closet. I got one of her dresses. I got her heels and one of her sweet little wigs from the 70s. And I came out, and she's like, oh, you just look awesome. You look adorable, honey. Oh, so I can dress as a woman, but I can't dress as the devil. That's just a little jacked up. But Hollywood and Halloween has this stereotype, do they not? Horns, pitchfork, red, bloody eyes, gravelly voice, you know, I am the devil. Sounds a lot like the cookie monster, doesn't it? <laughs> I am the cookie he is everywhere. He's, at, he's on Sesame Street. He's everywhere. But there's a this, there's this stereotype, and, and Paul says here, no, 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 no. He disguises himself as, as an angel of light. It, it seems seemingly, this is like harmless, yet it's very, very destructive. And I, I see this happen all the time. Like, he doesn't show up as betrayal and a, a broken marriage. No, he, he shows up as a, just an innocent flirting. He shows up as like a, just a little conversation you're having online. It's harmless. We're just talking. We're just, just going to lunch. This, this is a big deal. He disguises himself as an angel of light. He, he doesn't show up as um, a lost job and damaged reputation. He shows up as a little tweak on the spreadsheet. I mean, you know, everybody's, everybody cheats that a little bit. I mean, look at the money the company's making anyway. Ain't that big a deal. It's not going to hurt anything if I just, I'd say I was, I'd say I did this, and I didn't, I sort of did. He shows up as an angel of light. 
He, he doesn't show up as like debt and uh, unpaid bills and creditors. That'd be easy. He, he shows up as something shiny and new that you can't live without. Like you pull up at the stoplight and you look over at what they have and you don't have. Or your neighbor has a, one of those appliance places pull up, that awesome looking washer and dryer or that big TV that would look so sweet in your living room and you, you deserve that. He shows up as an angel of light in disguise. He doesn't, doesn't show up as guilt and shame and hidden secrets that you keep from everyone that nobody knows about. He shows up as a click on the internet. A little ad on the sidebar at the bottom when you're reading a sports story. It's not that big a deal. It's not hurting anybody. He shows up as an angel of light. Here's the thing, too. He, he doesn't show up as brokenness and emptiness and despair. Do you know how he shows up? You don't need to go to church today. You're tired. You know what? You've had a pretty rough week. You've been working like six days. You deserve a day off. You know what? You got, you got a lot going on. Man, there's so many things you got to get done around, around the house. And, you know, it's not, you, you'll go, just go next, next week. This is, this is how he, he shows up. He disguises himself. And that's why I say stay alert. Stand firm against the enemy. Because Peter says this in the second half of verse 8, back in 1 Peter. He says this, the enemy, this is the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This word devour, it means to swallow and to consume. Like, he doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to destroy you. Like, parents, like, think about this, parents. If if you knew that there was a lion outside that was going to devour your children, would you be passive about it? Would you just be like, hey, you just go on out there and you just play with that little kitty kitty. He's so cute. He's so adorable. No, you wouldn't do that. Not at all. In fact, I remember a few years ago, my, my kids, they went to an elementary school that backed up to the nature center here in Broken Arrow. And there was this scare that there was a cougar in the nature center. And all the moms are like, oh, my gosh, cougar. Oh, my gosh, get my kid inside. Oh, my gosh, this is awful. I'm like, it's broken arrow, people. There ain't no cougar in broken arrow. And then animal control (laughs) confirmed that there was a cougar in the nature center to which I went to the school and said, get my kids inside. Because I'm not going to do that. Well, listen, this is, this is Peter right here. He says he wants to devour. Man, parents, let me talk to parents. Parents, raise your hand, parents. Okay, parents, let me talk to you for just a moment, okay? 
He is not, he is prowling every day for your kids, for my kids. What are you doing to protect them? What are you doing to arm them? You know what? Let me just be, let me just be your friend. All right? If you're not reading the word over your children from the youngest age until they graduate and leave your house, if you're not praying over them daily, guess what you're doing? Hey, you just go on out there and just play with that little kitty kitty. He's cute, isn't he? He's just cute. He ain't going to do nothing to you. Stay alert. Stand strong. He is on the prowl. Tomorrow night, my, my son, Jeremiah, is going to walk for Broken Arrow High School. He's going to graduate tomorrow night. Yay. Come on. Yay. Yay me. Yay me. I deserve that diploma, me and his mama. He's going to sit and we're going to go up there. We're going to get out of the way. This is ours right here. We earned, we earned this. And everybody's like, they did. They did. Jesus, thank you. Oh, good. You're awesome. But I, I'm, no, I'm so proud of him. But, but listen, when he was three years old, we would sit on his bed at night, and I had a little picture Bible, and we would read, and he would pick out the stories, and we would, we would read that before he went to bed. All the way to now he's 18 years old, and I'm not perfect at it. I'm not great at it, and, it's, and I, I do everything I can, to, but I try to make it a habit that every single day before my kids ever leave for, for school, and this week we sat down, with a little picture book. No, we didn't do the picture book. <laughs> Dad, read me Joseph's story again. No. But we sat down this week, and he opened up the Bible. And this time I wasn't reading it to him. I had him read it to me. And my daughter, Skye, who's a junior, it's the same story for her. And my oldest son, Stephen, same story for him. And Shane, same story for them. See, my son is 18. He's going to walk tomorrow. I live with no regrets. No regrets. Every day, he reads the word, and it, it isn't pretty. You've heard me talk about this before. There's some days he's like, oh, okay. He runs around like a lion. Right, okay, Dad, got it. <laughs> That's the truth, okay? You, I know what you, you, let me, this is just be real here, okay? Because I know what y'all are thinking like, oh, this must just be beautiful. You must just, tears weeping over scripture every morning with your children. <laughs> and they're just like, they're just speaking it out, and they're just good. Okay, I'm flesh and blood just like you people are, okay? He's like, oh, he's a roaring lion. And every day I'll say, okay, what's your takeaway? Oh, he'll devour me if I don't follow Jesus. <laughs> Seriously, that's the takeaway. I'm like, Jesus, help me now. Jesus, help me now. I'm about to devour you myself. You ain't going to need Satan. But even when he says that, even if he's just like, oh, the devil's going to get me if I don't follow Jesus, I'm like, you know what? You just spoke it. I love it. You just spoke it. You just spoke that. Now, I, I want, for some of you parents, listen, this isn't, I don't care how old you get, just start. Just start somewhere. Just start somewhere. Okay, it's not, you're not going to do it to perfection, but man, he is, the enemy is after your kids, but he's not just, listen, he's not just after your kids, he's after every child of God. This is not just a kid thing. 
This is, this is an every person thing. He's roaming around every day looking for who he may devour. And what's interesting is I talk about this, whether you have children or you don't, under, don't have children, we all get it. We all are like, oh, heck yeah, pray, read the word over my kids every day. Got it. Duh. You're a child of God. You need the same thing. He's prowling for you every day. You need to be in the word, and you need to be praying, and you need to be equipping yourself and not be naive going out there. Because what happens to us when we don't pray, if you go out on your day and you don't pray, and you've not equipped yourself by reading the word, you're going out and you're going, oh, he's just a little harmless little kitty kitty. You come here, kitty 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 Are you so cute? Because you see him as not that big a deal. What can he do to me? And Peter tells us, no, 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 no. Stay alert. Stand firm against the enemy. Because it's not just our kids, but he's after every child of God and looking to devour them. And here's what I want us to understand, too. He, he doesn't necessarily um, create the circumstance, like blaming everything on the devil. Like, what does the devil do? What does he not do? He doesn't necessarily create the circumstance, okay? Because we live in a broken world. We live in a fallen world. We'll talk more about this as the series goes on. I mean, the devil is... He, he, it's just there's evil in this world and bad things happen. But here's the thing I want you to understand about the devil is he may not create the circumstance, but he will seize the circumstance. He will seize upon that as an opportunity to discourage you or to take you down. And he'll use, listen, he'll use blessing and he'll use cursing. It's easy for us to understand the cursing part, the bad things that happen in our lives. I mean, he'll use a mass. He'll use a stroke. He'll use a dead cat. He'll use a flat tire. He'll use a bad report from the doctor. He'll use a bill in the mail. He'll use all of those things to take you down. But he also uses blessing to his advantage. Huh? Yeah. Like you get a promotion at work, praise God for the promotion, but the enemy comes in and he seizes that opportunity to plant pride in you. I got this. <laughs> I got this. I'm somebody, man. I, man, I, I'm a self-made person. I did this. I had all this, and pride comes in on us. And kids' sports, kids' sports are amazing. My kids have played sports. I coached for over 20 years. We've been on traveling teams. We've been in, in, in rec leagues. We've just done it. We, we've done it all. But this is what the, the enemy will do. He'll seize upon an amazing thing like kids' sports, and he'll come into your kid's life and into your life and say, your kid isn't somebody unless they get on that team. Oh, and when they get on that team, they're not somebody. They're not approved. They're not all that until they get that starting position on that team. He'll use all of those things. He, he, he'll take those things and be like, oh, you don't, you don't, you know what? You, you don't need to go to church. Why do you need to go to church? This tournament is way more important than being in the house of God. This is where you need to be. You need to be over here because this is so important. And you get and your child can get so built up in those things that all their acceptance, all their approval, everything about them for you and for them is all wrapped up in kids' sports. Is kids sports of the enemy? No. It's an amazing thing. I've loved it. I've reached people. I've seen people come to Christ 
through kids' sports. Are traveling teams of the devil? No. I've been on them. I've coached them. I've gone to the out-of-town tournaments, but I've seen what the enemy can do in those instances and what he does. He uses both blessing and cursing. And you get an abundance in your finances. Like you get a, a windfall comes on you, and you're like, wow. Praise God for the windfall. Praise God for the blessing. But the enemy, he'll come in, and he'll plant greed in you. Well, you, this is yours. Well, you earned this. You, you need to give that to God. No, you keep this because you remember you wanted that thing, and now you finally got the money and the resources. Now you need to go and you do those things. This is what he does. He comes in and he manipulates and seizes the circumstance. This is what I want us to understand is he's not after your health. He's not after your marriage. He's not after your kids, your job, your finances. He's not after that at all all, okay? That's not what he is after. I, I love what the great theologian Charlie Daniels said. The devil went down to Georgia, and he was looking for a soul to steal. He's, he's after your soul. His, his goal and his purpose and what he is really after is he wants to devour your soul. He wants to get you to give up on God. He doesn't want you in the local church. He doesn't want you in a core group. He doesn't want you coming on Wednesdays to core community. He doesn't want your youth, your teenagers coming to core youth on Wednesdays. He doesn't want your kids back there right now learning about Jesus. He didn't want that because he's after your soul. And if he can get that, that's where he's won. But there is good, good news, okay? Because Peter tells us he's like a lion, but he is not the lion. There's only one lion, and that's Jesus, the lion of Judah. And he trumps all of that. He has power over the enemy, power over everything, authority over everything. And, and Peter says this in verse 9. He says, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Now, get, I, I, when I see this, getting in a fist fight with a lion is a really bad idea. Would you not agree? I guess that's, that's a bad idea of getting in a fist fight with, with a lion. In Acts chapter 19, it, it, you write that down, you can read this later. In Acts chapter 19, we come across a story where these guys tried to, seven men, they tried to cast these demons out of this guy, and they tried to do it in the name of Jesus, but they weren't Christ followers, and Jesus was not with them. And it tells us that this one guy who was demon-possessed took on these seven guys and left them bloody and naked. That's a bad day. Like when you get chased out of a house and you're bloody and naked, that's not, that's not good. But how often do we do that ourselves? We try to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the devil in our marriage, in our finances, the bad health report financial obstacle. We go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And when you go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the devil without Christ, without Jesus, guess what? He will leave you bloody and naked. It will not end pretty for you. But this is why Peter tells us in verse 10, he says this, so after you have suffered a little while, he, this is Jesus, he will what? Let's say this together. He will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation, all power to him forever. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, that's good news. Jesus is all-powerful. 
With Jesus, I have power over the enemy. With, with Jesus, I know that regardless of what comes against me, this is what I have learned so much in the last month. These last four weeks and how I've walked with Jesus for over 30 years and I got it, God. I got it and I don't got it. And I realize even after I've walked with him for three decades, I've walked with him. And I need him even more today than I did three decades ago. You never stop needing the Lord. You always need him. Because the enemy's on the prowl, and he wants to take you out. He wants to make you cocky. He wants to make you think that you are all that, that you can do it on your own, that I don't need Jesus, I don't need church, I don't need his people, I don't need his word, I don't need prayer. I got it. I've been walking with Jesus for three decades. I'm a pastor. And then I'm sitting in my living room. kids are at school and my wife's laying in bed she can't get out of bed gives me the strength, who promises that he will will restore my wife, that he will strengthen my wife, that he will will support me through the process. And it's just been such a beautiful thing for me, like to literally get up as my wife is laying in her bed and she needs my constant care. And I'm walking down the hallway and I'm saying, give me the strength. I haven't slept in five days, God. I, I mean, I've got 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, and I'm exhausted. I just need your strength and you just help me. And I round the corner and I, I go into the bedroom and he's faithful every single time. If I'll just pray, seek him, trust him. Like, don't, don't cry for me. Don't cry for Lara. These four weeks, I wouldn't wish them on anybody. But man, God has been so faithful. He's supported the enemy, has come in to devour, but he can't devour. Thanks be to God, all power to him forever. Amen. No power. This is our God. This is who we serve. This is in whom we trust. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Trust him. Look to him, stay alert, and stand firm against the enemy. Let me pray over you. Father, thank you. Your faithfulness is amazing. We need you. We need your Holy Spirit. This day we celebrate the birth of the church and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And If you're a follower of Jesus and you're here today, let me talk to you as a follower of Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants to help you and equip you. Maybe today you've recognized, man, I've not, I've not been on high alert. I want to stay alert. I want to stand firm. And I'm, I need the Holy Spirit to help me. And you've got an area that you've identified in your life where you need the Holy Spirit to help you. I want to be able to pray for you. Would you raise your hand just so I know who you are? Okay. Sides in the middle. Yeah, I see you all, all over. Hands everywhere. 
keep your hand up. God, you see these hands. You know their story. You know the attack. You know the roaring lion that's coming against them. You know what's being spoken over them. You know what's happening to them. You know the situation. And I'm asking right now, just as you did on the day of Pentecost, that your Holy Spirit would be poured out on these people who are raising their hands. You pour your spirit out onto them and say that I am going to give you the power and I'm going to equip you and I'm going to help you to walk through this. I'm going to strengthen you and I'm going to support you. I'm going to sustain you through this. All glory and all power to you. Thank you, Father. Head still bowed you might be here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you today to put your faith in him for the first time. Maybe you've been away from him for a very, very long time. Like at one point you knew Jesus, but you haven't been following him. And today you recognize, man, the devil's just taking me out. I'm just tired of it. Man, I, I want that power. It's available to you if you place your faith in Jesus Christ. It's as simple as this. You just recognize and say, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I know that I've done wrong and I'm going to confess that to him and I believe Jesus is the son of God he was the promised Messiah he did die was risen again on the third day and and if I'll put my faith in him if I'll trust in him I don't understand everything about it but today I want to put my faith in him I want to invite him into my life so that he will help me God wants to do that for you today so if you're far from God or or maybe you followed him at one point and you just man I need to come back to him Today you want to put your faith in him. I don't, I will not embarrass you. I just want to know how to pray for you. Would you just raise your hand? Just slip up your hand so I can see you all the way in the back. I see you all the way in the back over here on the side. Anybody else here in the middle? I got you. Anybody else? Today I'm putting my faith in Jesus all the way in the back. Thank you. Here over here on the side. Anybody else? God, today for these people that are putting their faith in you for the first time, thank you that you bring them forgiveness of their sins. God, may they know in this moment and may they feel and sense your Holy Spirit. They may not understand it, but God, I'm saying right now, Holy Spirit, come upon them. Come into them, God, as you did in the day of Pentecost. May they receive you and you receive them. May they know in this moment their sins are forgiven, remembered no more. They are a child of God, and they can stand strong in faith against the enemy. Whatever he brings against them, they have the power of God in them now to new life. We celebrate that today with them in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap for life change today. Man, that's awesome.